You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. We were helping ISIS, of all people, that killed my own team member. I was shot by ISIS. I was wounded four times by them. I lost lots of friends there. And now we're helping them as they flee the last stronghold in Syria called Bagus back in 2019. And we're feeding the, the people who are surrendering, but they're, they're vicious. They're looking at us like, we would never help you. We'll kill you. We're just going to bide our time and come again. And why are you helping us? And I said, because Jesus told us to, because he helps me. And he sent us to help you. And you got a chance right now to ask Jesus to help you. Jesus is bigger than the American military, than the international tribunals, than your sin. Welcome to a special edition of the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today joined by two special guests and friends. First, we have Dr. Sean Stover in the house. Sean, thanks for being here. Great to be here, Taylor. And I'm excited. We are joined by a very special guest. Dave Eubank is in the house. Dave, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for your wonderful message on Sunday. Thank you all. Well, it's good to have you. Okay, one of the questions I usually ask Jose, because he's usually the one giving the messages, is kind of more what led you or kind of behind the scenes, how did you choose the the message that you gave today? So you're visiting in town. You only, you know, I think the last time we had you here was maybe a year or two ago. So what? how did God put the message you had today on your heart? What were some things? Why did you choose what you chose to say and leave out things that you did? Well, first I want to thank Jose. Love you, brother. Have a great time down there. And Uncle Rob. <laughs> and wonderful family of Cypress Creek Church. And thanks for Sean. And well, I just pray. And I, I love Sean prayed for me right before I got ready to pray. And he said, he prayed something like, Lord Jesus, take all these thoughts that are swirling around Dave's head. Mm. We all have thoughts that swirl around. What are the ones God wants us to share? Mm. And so I just prayed and he prayed for me and I walked up and shared. And I think the thing that's been in my heart a lot, most importantly, is the saving power of Jesus Mm -hmm. and how he breaks our heart in good ways, takes off the stuff you don't need, shows it to you, Mm -hmm. takes it away if you give it to him, Mm -hmm. helps you forgive and and receive forgiveness, gives you purpose and boldness, boldness in things of Jesus, Mm -hmm. humility in things of people. And you can afford to lose when you belong to him. You can afford to lose because heaven is there. So that's on my heart, and also on my heart, doesn't matter what battles we're in in the world, love is the answer. Mm-hmm. And in this country of America that I'm visiting, I'm very grateful for, it wouldn't exist in its present form without Jesus in the middle. And so I'm always encouraged when I see churches following him, because that's what really makes our country great. As one of a ethnic leaders was asked by a journalist about Free Bremer Rangers, are they good? And he said, when they follow God, they're good. When they don't follow God, they're bad. I thought, that's true. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. True for all of us. Absolutely. Well, I was inspired by what you did end up, what you pulled out of the swirl and, and <laughs> gave to us from the stage was so powerful. And your whole story is, as I'm thinking in general terms, I, I got a question. I would love to hear you define courage, because courageous is what I think of when I think of the way you've You've done your marriage, you've raised your family, the way you live your life, the way you do your ministry. But what's that word mean to you? Does it even have meaning to you? Or you just, you're just doing what God called you to? But what, courage, how would you describe that? I would define courage as acting in love no matter the cost. And when you don't have love, when you're afraid to ask for love, 
And then God gives you that love. And then no matter the cost, I think nothing done in love is crazy. It isn't. There may be better ways to do that thing, but it's not crazy if it's love. We don't want to be led by comfort, by fear, or by pride, but love and the opportunities God gives. So I would say love. That's great. Comfort, I think, is what leads a lot of people, even here in our church, even me, and sometimes in my life, sometimes in my family. I make decisions based on comfort as opposed to what's the most loving thing I could do in this moment? Lord, what what do you want me to do in this moment? And it's probably going to always be the same answer, right? He's going to want me to do the most loving thing, but mm-hmm. it seems like comfort's something that's easier to live live by. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that love, and especially even God's love uh, ties into a series we just wrapped up. But I think about uh, a lot of times, maybe even early believers or those who don't believe, they think of love as being Jesus as this little sheep with a little, you know, holding a little sheep or just kind of this innocent, yet you have seen, in my opinion, all the aspects of what love entails. And some of that looks maybe uh, intense or you're, you're seeing love on the battlefield. How would, how would you describe or maybe open people's eyes to just the, the greater definition of love through, uh, how have you seen in your experience God's love through the work that you've been doing? Sean also mentioned a, a verse today I like. First John 3.16. John 3.16 is for God sold the world. He gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And then First John is very much the same, except it adds something. You too should be willing to lay down your life for others. That's love. And that overcomes everything. And I have learned, I learned this from an, another pastor. I asked him, what have you learned about leadership? And he said, I've learned to ask Jesus for love and then ask, what's the best for that team member? What's the best for that employee? Not what's the best for my organization or me or our team or the mission. What's the best for them? When you look at it that way, whether it's a a coworker, your wife, your kids, what's the best for them? Sometimes the best for them is to be disciplined. Sometimes the best for them is not be part of this organization. Often it's, something that helps them be a better part of the organization. But when you look at it that way, suddenly you're free from things that aren't true and things that aren't helpful. And I try to remember that, that that's the best way to look at anyone. So love then can look like discipline. You have to do extra homework or you have to leave for a while or you have to load more rocks. And it it, it has those aspects, but the feeling will be different, at least from you. You can't control how someone receives it. But if it's really love from you, they're going to feel it. What they do with it is up to them. Mm. But you're clean. And I remember on a mission in Syria, we were helping ISIS, of all people, that killed my own team member. I was shot by ISIS. I was wounded four times by them. I lost lots of friends there. And now we're helping them as they flee the last stronghold in Syria called Bagus back in 2019. And we're feeding the, the people who are surrendering, but they're, they're vicious. They're looking at us like, we would never help you. We'll kill you. We're just gonna we're just gonna bide our time and come again. And why are you helping us? And I said, because Jesus told us to. Because He helps me, and He sent us to help you. And you got a chance right now to ask Jesus to help you. Jesus is bigger than the American military, than the Kurdish army, than the international tribunals, than your sin. He's bigger. Ask Him to help you, man. Because you got no other choice now. You're in a bad place. You're a prisoner. And we could share this and. And, there, and some, one out of 10, it seemed like, were soft and, and said, thank you. Nine out of 10 were like, ah. And one night, my daughter, Suzanne, said, Daddy, I, I noticed she was starting to choke up. I said, what's wrong, honey? 
She said, um, and this is in the desert. We have a circle of steel, our armored vehicles in a circle. It's like covered wagons because everything outside is going to probably try to kill you. Yeah. And um, in the circle of steel, the stars are out. It's the desert in February. It's freezing cold, but just clear. And she said, Dad, I'm not good enough to be here. Mm -hmm. I said, why not? I don't love these people. Mm -hmm. I said, they're not lovable. They killed your uncle. They've wounded me. They tried to kill me. They killed many people you saw. You're treating wounded. Every day we're treating wounded that they killed, or they shot. They're not lovable. Who sent you here? Jesus did. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure he still wants you here? Let's check. Mm -hmm. Because if he sends you somewhere for all of us, if he sends you, he goes with you. And he gives you the, the, the power to do it. So she said, Lord Jesus, do you still want me here? And if so, please help me. And she gets done this prayer and her, she has tears to come out of her eyes. She's wiping them away and her face is a, it's really bright out. Her face is beaming. Dad, I'm ready to go again. That's the power of God. Awesome. Wow. And then I learned through that when I was helping people, I had to pray, we had to pray this prayer every day because the people were so bad. <laughs> I should say, I want to say it this way. They acted so bad. Right. I don't think we are bad. We just choose a lot of bad. And even the worst person, there's a shred of good and a possibility for more. And the best person is a shred of evil and a possibility for more. This is Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And so anyway, I want to look at that carefully. And every day I'd have to ask for prayer. Jesus changed my heart. And it helped me. And I don't know if this helps in ministry or in your life. When you're doing something and someone's not grateful, just to remind yourself, I don't work for you. Hmm. You know, Taylor, you're my boss in this church. <laughs> I don't, I, I won't say this to you. I'll say it in my heart. I don't really work for you. I work for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he Amen. told me to help you. Mm -hmm. So I can take whatever you give me. I can take it because mm -hmm. Jesus is in front of me. Mm -hmm. I work for him. So I had to remind myself with these people, I don't work for them. They cannot kick me out of here. Mm -hmm. They'll never make me so, you know, mad or self-pity. They can't make me leave. I don't work for them. And I think that's true for y'all. As y'all serve and lead in church, you don't work for these people. You work for Jesus. And he, he, yeah. they're his people. And you serve them. And you love them. Yeah. But that's your boss. Yeah, and thankfully, we're loving them with his love and not ours anyway. We don't right. have a love generator inside us. We have no ability to create love. If we have any, it's because it came from him first and filled us. Right. And we're passing it through. And that's what you guys have done so well, and you're talking to your daughter about I remember you told me last week in a conversation, you said evil, the anecdote for evil mm -hmm. is love. Mm -hmm. And you know, even in the midst of that evil situation and people who do have evil in them and are acting out of evil, um, just the willingness to, to still doctor and nurse and feed. Uh, man, Saheli sang the song at the end of our mm -hmm. service today about uh, deeds more than words. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that love just, sometimes you just have to do the action. Even you don't feel it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, Definitely. I don't feel like feeding this person. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not about feeling. It's about I'm going to do the action that God's called me to, to do. It's going to be loving even if I don't have the feeling for it. And we got to do that in our own families a lot of the time, right? Well, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't feel like going in there and reconciling this situation with my spouse right now. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel like, you know, doing the hard conversation with my son that I need to have. But it's not really about that. It's about God, what do you want me to do and what's the loving deed that I can apply in this situation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good point. You do it anyway and see what God does.
I'll never forget the feeling when I left the theater after watching the movie, Free Burma Rangers, a free plug. Uh, if anyone hasn't watched it, they should definitely watch yeah, it. Amazon Prime. Yeah, Still there on. you go. You can rent it. Uh, I remember walking out and thinking, I mean, it was just inspiring. I mean, your life story, just what God has you doing. And it was neat because God used that to speak to me and just showing that, okay, I don't feel necessarily called to copy you and, and join you right next to you in the battlefield. But but I just saw and how it, what was inspiring was just seeing the way that you answered God's call on your life. And you just saw it. His will for your life, and this is what you're doing. I remember thinking, man, that's a man who's doing, who knows and is doing what God wants him to be doing. So how did you find out that this is what God wants you to be doing? And are there times where you doubt that? How do you continue to kind of uh, stay the course when it comes to doing the will of God in your life? I don't know what else I'd do. Uh, I was a soldier. I, I, I like the idea of being a soldier and a rancher. I, those are two in, in my mind. But when I was five years old, I felt one day I'll be a soldier, then I'll be a missionary. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I feel that spiritually it's God's call. And then intellectually, oppression's wrong, so you have to stand against it. And then emotionally, I love these people, so I want to be with them. And then physically, I like action and moving. And like your son loves football, uh, I like all that stuff. And so if I keep it in that order, spiritual first, the intellectual and emotional together, and then physical last, it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and how we're going to do things. But in, in the Army, I was a, an officer. And as a young officer, a lieutenant, you command, I command an infantry platoon. There's like 40 to 50 guys. Well, then as you progress, you, you're going to become a, a major, a captain, a major, a lieutenant colonel, colonel general. Well, you're not going to be commanding those guys anymore. And you spend a lot of other time in meetings and administration and all, even in war. I thought, I don't want to do that. So God's let me be a very old platoon leader still <laughs> with a few people running around. The, like you saw there, we're dragging that guy, mm-hmm. which was heartbreaking, but I could be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. It's what he gave me. It's like, y'all, Taylor, I can see you by the way you smile and act. You're, the, you're a minister, man. And Sean, I would go to him with any problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just haven't enough time for me to share my sins and mistakes or whatever I need help with, but I trust him completely. Mm-hmm. So y'all are doing what God made you to do. Mom, I appreciate that. I don't want you to go before asking you this last question, which is how can we be praying for you? You mentioned a little bit from the sage, but just as listeners of the podcast and as members of the church, uh, if those are just, yeah, it's, you're on their heart, how, how can they be praying for you specifically? Number one, not to be a hypocrite. That's a big order because that means you, you, you say you're against sin and then you sin. So that's gonna be a lifelong problem. <laughs> but that's my first thing that comes to my mind, not be a hypocrite. Be a true follower of Jesus, as pure as possible. And then anything not pure of any form to be corrected of it and straighten out. That's personal. And then for our family, to me, to be a husband and father that's the best for what my wife and kids need. And then as a team leader in the Free Burma Rangers to to help make it more like a family, more than just a team and organization. And then very specifically to get into um, Syria in a couple day in a couple of weeks because that is a closed door right now. Yeah. So that's going to take a miracle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are kind of that progression. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for being on the podcast and for the message on Sunday. It truly was inspiring and amazing word. And we'll be praying for you 
and we'll be supporting you. Thanks for having us in Cypress Creek Church. We love you. Thanks for helping us do what we do and doing it with us and forgiving us when we don't do it so well. Love you. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.